Welcome, welcome all to another episode of your favorite podcast, Targo. How the hell are you, buddy? Doing good, man. How are you? Did you have a good weekend? I'm doing good. I love your jersey. Well, I get the 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 throwback Dormans. I love it. Yeah, man, it's a good day. Sun's been out. It's been like summer here in the middle of May. It is summer, man. It's coming. Forget what month it is. So... Before we get into all the games we've got to cover this week, Targo, what's you drinking? I'm, I've had this before. It's yep. the Titan Cider Works Blueberry Cider. Blueberry. Blueberry. Ooh. Pretty good. Pretty good. Nice. I got a new one. Uh, it's fresh out of the No Lie Squatch series. This one's called Squatch Bandit. It's a Juicy Haze IPA Tangerine. Oh, that sounds pretty tasty. Sasquatch as cowboy. I've Let's never see had it. how it is. I usually I was, like those hazy IPAs. And they're getting, they're getting, I'm warming up to it. Let's say that. I'm warming up to it. Okay. All right. Ooh, first good. sip. Is it Ooh, good? That's good. Yeah. Tangerine kind of cuts through the aftertaste of the hops. It's good. Good, good. All right, so those are our brews. Let's get to some banter. Welcome to Brews and Banter. Make sure to check out our Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube accounts. Got some cool stuff going on there, especially our uh, exclusive little reactions we have to all the big matches. And then check out our Redbubble. We got yeah, some man. awesome new stuff on there. You had a good one, the Southampton going Going down, getting relegated this past weekend. Yeah. Rest in peace. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll get to that. So, today, we got a lot to cover. We We do. We got Europa League semifinal first leg reviews, Champions League semifinal second leg previews, and reviews of the games that happened 5-11 to 5-15. And... Because they seem to be inevitably going to win the league this year. Pep Guardiola's all-time best 11. And yeah. it's a doozy. It's a rough one. They have a potential trouble here, man. Don't forget the league, the Champions League, and that FA Cup final. I'm just going to go out and say good for them. But nobody <laughs> else cares. All right. Europa League semifinal first legs. On the 11th of May, we had AS Roma against Bayer Leverkusen. Man, this one was a tight affair. Very tight. I picked a draw, you picked Leverkusen, and it went anything but. AS Roma, 1-0 narrow scoreline. We all know what they're going to do in the second leg. Park the bus. is going (laughs) to hop behind the wheel, put it in reverse, put it parallel to the field. Put the parking brake on. And yes, like you said, park that damn bus. (laughs) Roma had just lost. They've only lost one in 26 UEFA home matches. That's wild. It's nuts. Because they have not done that in Serie A. No, not at at all. Not at all. Uh, But they took the lead in the 63rd minute after Tammy Abraham had a shot parried only for it to fall to Eduardo Bove who slotted it home for his first ever Europa League goal. That was a good attempt by Abraham. Nice save. Yeah, by, um, yeah I, he almost he... seems like um, 
a skinnier version of Romelu Lukaku this season. Is that so? Well, Lukaku's been on fire lately, so you might take offense to that. He might. <laughs> Lukaku, but that is. They're both very inconsistent, but both seem to muscle everybody out of their way and either have amazing goals or have the potential for amazing goals. So, And they were both, I guess, once upon a time owned by Chelsea. One still is, so. There you go. There's a good comparison. <laughs> Way to bring it back around. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Jeremy Frimpong had a chance cleared off the line after a re- Patricio error in the 87th, but really that was it in this game. It was pretty much not a lot of back chances. and forth in the midfield. Yeah. And then we had Juventus against Sevilla. I picked Sevilla. You picked Juve. And we got somewhere in the middle. Ended 1-1. <laughs> I'll be yeah, honest with you, Juve probably should have won this game 3-4-1. They had so many chances, but... They did. Uh, Bonu with some great saves in this one. Early, Vlaovic had two great chances. Um, Bonu did great to put him off, but... Yeah, there was one where they were both kind of running out to the ball. and He just, I think, did enough to put Vlaovic off, or he skied his shot. And man... Rumor has it that thing hit the moon. <laughs> That's Split. one of the craters in the moon right now. Is yeah. That shot, huh? Yeah. And then end the series scored on the 26th minute off a brilliant counter. Luis Ocampos with the ball across. There was a dummy and El Nasiri with the simple finish. But it really was coming at that point. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a dummy. The pass was kind of behind him. He acted like he was going to the ball and let it go. I don't know if I'd. Call it a dummy. Definition of a dummy. He, I don't think he even would have got to it. <laughs> to Probably honest. not, but it did enough but, to throw off the defender who was going towards the ball. Yeah, but that's so. Nasiri's 18th goal in all competition, so he's yeah found his shooting boots here. And yeah, yeah, I will say Brian Gill looked good for Sevilla. Yeah, it's amazing what happens when players leave Tottenham. Always have to get that little that little dig in, don't you? I mean, it con- consistently happens, so it's not really a dig. It's just a fact. Leave Tottenham, win a trophy. Leave Tottenham, win a trophy. Do I say more? <laughs> no, just let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, big news in this one, though. Leonardo Benucci came out injured in the 60th minute, which appeared to be a groin injury. Gatti coming on to replace him. That's going to be a big blow for Juve if he can't play in the second leg. Yeah, but Gatti coming on with uh, with great results. <laughs> yeah, he did. Hence why I, we mentioned him. Because with the last touch of the game off a corner, Paul Pogba, with pretty much his only contribution all season, flicks the ball on across goal, and Gatti was there to put it in the 97th minute. Scratch draw right at the end. It was. There's a couple players there, too, who could have put it in besides Gatti. Yeah. Gatti essentially looked like he was just running straight into the goal and the ball hit him in the head, but that's what happened. Went in, nonetheless, Juve with a big draw after being down pretty much the whole game. So who you got for these second legs then? I'm going to stick with my pick. Sevilla. They're a monster at home this season. So, oh, sorry, in the Europa League. Can't really say that. I'll stick by Juve and then still sticking by Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah. We'll we'll see. 
That's that's for a future episode. Those okay. predictions. Next up, we had in the English Premier League on the 13th of May, Leeds against Newcastle. You know, with the form Newcastle have had lately, we thought this was going to be a blowout. I definitely did, yeah, in the way yeah. Leeds uh, lead goals. And if it wasn't for two Callum Wilson penalties, uh, Leeds would have won this game. Don't forget, Bamford had a PK saved. Yeah, yeah. Or I think it was saved, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, uh, so yeah, clearly we both picked Newcastle. This one ended 2-2. Luke Ayling putting leads up in the 7th minute after Patrick Bamford had some wonderful play down the left. Rodrigo's header got saved by Nick Pope and Luke Ayling there slot at home. Right place, right time. Uh and then Junior Firpo won a penalty for Leeds after being fouled by Jolington. And then uh yeah, like you said, Patrick Bamford stepped up. Poor effort on his part, saved by Nick Pope. Yeah, perfect height, not even in a corner. Poor. Yeah. Poor, poor, I, poor. I thought if he really wanted to, he probably could have caught it. Yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. And then uh, the other end, Callum Wilson converted penalties on both sides of half, 31st and 69th minutes. Uh, Wobber with a clumsy challenge for the first one on Isaac. Isak. Apologies. Yeah, get it right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, Junior Furpo. Uh, both ends of the field this time. Clumsy handball for the second. Looked like Richard Sherman jumping up, trying to make an interception. You know what's funny is <laughs> I wrote my note. He looked more like a wide receiver than a footballer. Then I saw Men in Blazers also made the same comparison. I was like, damn, stealing my my lines. They're just quick to the draw, man. They you know, are they post things way before you can. They even got the time posting it. Yeah, <laughs> and probably the. People it is their full-time it, it is their full-time job i'm just saying <laughs> yeah uh, rasmus christensen leveled the match in the 79th minute with a deflective shot deflected shot and uh junior junior furpo uh red card an extra time uh with two yellows and the first foul it was a nasty one it was nasty yeah could have been red. line red yeah kind of an orange orange, orange. card <laughs> i mean if there was one yeah why not Two minutes in the penalty box and a yellow. I'd take it. Honestly, I think Leeds should have won this game, man. I do too. I do too. And they the were way they played. Not to... I mean, Newcastle weren't playing well. It took two PKs to get them the draw. And then no. And Leeds two also more had a points. PK saves. Leeds, Leeds would have been out of the relegation zone looking good. I feel so bad for them. Oh, if only they would have, instead of hiring Javi Gracia. Hired Big Sam? Think that would have made a difference? No. You don't think so? The way Leeds have been playing? Yeah, I, I don't I don't think so. I think it would have. Yeah. I think if they hired Big Sam a couple months ago, they, they'd probably stay up. A couple months ago, maybe, yeah. Well, that's when I they just... hired Javi Gracia. It was a couple yeah. months. Was it? Yeah. I think if they would have stuck with Jesse Marsh, they probably would have had better results. I, don't want to stick I think with better that. than, yeah, Javi Gracia, that's yeah. for sure. Um, I just think Sam Allardyce at this point in his career is just a short-term fix for any team. He doesn't ever last a full season. No, but he's good at getting a team out of danger. He is. He is. Um, if you need to, if, like you're, if you're in, one for example, Sean next Dyche. season, I bet you next season when there's a team in trouble there at the bottom, guess who they're going to hire? Well, they'll definitely look big to Sam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we had the big match of the weekend or so we thought Aston Villa against Tottenham. This one was for, 
European places pretty much to keep Aston Villa in it or Tottenham to finally turn their fortunes around. And guess what? You picked Villa, I picked a draw, and Aston Villa pulled this one out 2-1. to one, And uh, Tottenham did not look good at all in this game. <laughs> Told you. Away yeah. from home, man. They're, especially against a high-flying just, right now, they're Aston Villa bad. team, man. They are bad right now. Tottenham. They're limping along till the end of the season, that's for sure. Yeah, at this rate, be over. at this rate, they could finish eighth place, Tottenham Hotspur. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, they don't have an easy schedule coming up either. So, yeah, reports coming out before this match. Julian Nagelsmann is out of the running for permanent manager of Tottenham. Was this a Tottenham thing or a Julian Nagelsmann thing? Probably a little bit of both, but I think it's mainly a Tottenham thing. You think they decided not to go with Nagelsmann? I think Nagelsmann probably said, this is a shit show. I don't want any piece of it. Just saying. And then uh, Jacob Ramsey got the scoring start in the eighth minute after he was put in after a wonderful cutback to slot at home near post. Uh, Leon Bailey with the cutback. Spurs have let in seven goals in the opening 10 minutes in the last five games. It's quite a bit. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, Hillman Song got behind the defense what seemed like about 10 times, but he was called offsides on almost every single one of them. Yeah, I think there was one he wasn't called offsides, and I think Martinez saved it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Man, it's almost sad to see how far he's regressed since last season. I know. Last season, we were talking about him being one of the best players in the whole Premier League. And this season, I wouldn't even put him in probably the top 25. Something like that, man. He's just regressed. One heck of a fall from grace. Yeah, you're used to seeing Son uh, Golasso's every other week. Now it's, I think we've had a couple this season. Mm -hmm. Anyways, Harry Kane missed a one-on-one chance. And then uh, Douglas Suiz made it 2-0 in the 76th, 72nd minute with what a beautiful free kick that was. Oh, dude, what a beauty. Oh, there were quite a few beautiful free kicks this week. Uh, foul was committed by Romero. Um, and, I mean, he's been really aggressive this season. Yeah, that's kind of his style of play, man. He's an aggressive defender. I mean, he he, he commits fouls. He's given away lots of PKs. It's very rash, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just not a fan of him. I'm not. Either. I don't know how he was in the Argentina squad. They don't really have cup. many better choices, I would say, to be honest, for that national team spot. But either way, speaking of players, I'm not really a fan of Dejan Kulusevski. Uh, he had a bunch of really good chances in the towards the end of the game. To they weren't easy chances though. Like it was him cutting back on that left, trying to make something happen. Yeah, you're not I, a fan had, of him. I'm not. I'm not. I liked him when he first came. I liked from, him uh, when he played for Juventus. But oh no, man, I liked him when he first came from Juve. Because he, came, I think he came last January, right? Mm-hmm. So he, I thought he lit up the Premier League. He looks good. Not this season. Don't get me wrong. This season, I haven't seen much of him. But for me, it's it's his work off the ball. He's really lazy. Hardly ever tracks back on defense. Leaves that whole right side wide open. And it's been, you know, kicking the pants for Spurs this season. 
Okay. Well, at the end of this one, Harry Kane won a penalty in the 90th minute. I thought it was soft. How was it soft? Martinez clobbered into him. He got barely touched and was already falling over. No, it wasn't, man. He got, he went, I mean, don't get me wrong. First look, it looked like Martinez got the ball, but he didn't. And he clobbers into Kane. That was a foul. I didn't say, I thought it was soft. I didn't say it wasn't a foul. It wasn't even soft, man. That was a blatant foul. Anyways, Spurs are officially out of Champions League contention. How bad are they right now? Oh, they're they're terrible. Uh, As bad as Chelsea? I think Chelsea have more promise for next season. They've got a new coach coming. They've got a lot of players to pick from. So, yeah. They also, both teams have the same amount of points in the last five games. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. You know, this right now, this is is real bad for Chelsea, too. Yeah. But I think with Mauricio Pochettino, he's probably going to be announced here. He might be announced today or sometime this week. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's already had a little influence at that Chelsea's team. Oh, I'm 100%. Because they made a lot of interesting changes here for this weekend. Yeah. Should Should be fascinating to see. Speaking he's of Chelsea, got a heck of a job, yeah. Speaking of Chelsea. Sifting through the million players they have. So many players. Not to mention the ones coming back from loan. Yikes. Speaking of Chelsea, they played Nottingham Forest. You thought they were going to win. I picked a draw. This one ended 2-2. Uh, Awani with the opener. In the 13th minute, it was really their first attack of the game and a beautiful cross from Nene and Lodi headed in by Awani. He's been on fire lately. That's his uh, third goal in two games. Yeah, so uh, I mean, it turned into the Raheem Sterling show after that. Up until that goal, it was pretty much Chelsea possession, not really doing much. Forrest kind of get a little break there. Mendy comes flying out of goal to try to get this ball against nowhere close to it. And as you said, yeah, I'm when he heads it in. But yeah, there was a lot of changes, man. Yeah. No Reese James. We saw, uh, what's his name? That young defender. Not Rico Lewis. Left back. Anyway, young left back. He was in there. Uh, no, Connor Gallagher got the start. Edward Mendy got the start. So, yeah. I mean, at this point in the season, if you're Chelsea, you try anything pretty much to get a result. Well, like, like yeah. Nothing to do. play for. But, so. yeah, like I was going to say, Pochettino, man, he's got a lot of games to go over to try to see all these players. <laughs> yeah, a lot. So, their preseason schedule, I'm sure, will be packed. So he gets a glimpse at at least half of them. (laughs) Anyways, Raheem Sterling turned on his game after that, getting both of Chelsea's goals. The first one, he leveled for Chelsea with a clever finish. And then the second one, after bad giveaway in the midfield from Forrest, Sterling with a great finish across goal, bending it into the far post. Beauty. What, What a curler it was. Beauty. And then Forrest leveled it in the 61st minute, or 62nd minute. And when he, again, heading the ball past Edward Mendy for the second time in the game. 
And that was all she wrote. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Good point for Forrest. Um, essentially need three points to be completely safe. Two games left. I think realistically, if they get one more point, they're safe. Yeah. I, I think, honestly, they're probably safe where they're at right now. Two points clear of Everton, yeah. Two points clear of Everton, three points clear of Leeds. I think one more. One more, one more point, and I would, I'll say they're safe. So I'm, I'm not going to say it right now. <laughs> Speaking of teams that desperately needed points, we had Bournemouth against Crystal Palace. Bournemouth, the one needing a point to statistically make them safe. And you went against Roy Hodgson, didn't you? I did. I went for a draw because Bournemouth have been playing better than I thought they would be lately. Uh, but you were right. Don't go against Roy Hodgson. Palace <laughs> with the win in this one. Breach Eze with a wonderful dummy or a wonderful goal after a dummy by Ayu in the 39th minute. And then uh, let's talk about this second goal. For Eze, what a goal it was, and perhaps the goal of the weekend. Perhaps it was a beauty, man. Yeah, it was a scorcher. And then your boy Michael Elise with the wonderful crossfield ball, finding him. Couple touches, cuts across goal, and Eze rockets it to the top corner. What a golazo that was, dude! That front three of. I guess that midfield three of Crystal Palace, Wilfred Zaha, Michael Elise, Abricheze. Dude, if they could just get a class striker up there, man. They would be. They could look dangerous next season. Going. Yeah. We'll see if Wilfred Zaha stays. That's the big question with his contract running up here. Yeah. I don't, with his injury record and his attitude, I don't know why he wouldn't just stay. I don't know if I, I think he should stay. Really yeah. But hey, that's something we'll find out in the summer whether or not he decides to stay at Palace or he tries to get one last paycheck and try to win maybe a trophy. You think Roy Hodgson stays? If I'm him, I don't see why not. However, he's ancient, so I don't know what that would do for his health. Who would they go for? Coach-wise? Yeah, maybe. I have no idea. Grand Potter? Yeah, be a good good choice. That's kind of where he thrives as a young up and coming team with little to no budget. Next up we had Manchester United against Wolves. We both picked United and they actually scored without Marcus Rashford. Scored hey. two actually. Uh they won two nil. And uh, one of my disappointments of the season, Anthony missed a glorious opportunity with a header early on in this one. So are you already, is the jury out yet for Anthony on you or is he still? I think the jury's out for me. I know it's, he's only played one season and one season doesn't necessarily define someone coming from another league in the Premier League. Usually takes time for them to adapt, but. It's his attitude for me, man. His attitude is terrible. So I I just don't think that he's going to get any better for United. But I've been proven wrong. He looks good in this game. Yeah, he he did. Had his moments. Terribly missed header. (laughs) Speaking of his moments, Anthony Martial 
opened the scoring for United in the 32nd minute after a superb cutback by none other than Anthony. Uh, he left Martial with a simple finish into an open net. And then late in the game, Garnacho, the return from injury, inevitably scored in the 94th player. minute. You're a young player to watch, man. Yeah, man. He's got a bright future ahead of him. I don't know why he doesn't play more, especially right now. He's been injured. I understand that, but prior to that, he doesn't start very often. It's like a super sub for United. Uh, and then, surprisingly, this win and shutout guarantees at least a share of the Golden Glove for David De Gea with his 16th clean sheet. What? Yeah, and you're saying they need to sell him. Yeah. I, I Yeah. I, for <laughs> me, it's the inconsistency part, right? It's like Hugo Lloris at Tottenham. You need a goalie, especially at that level, that isn't going to make stupid mistakes probably one out of every five games. Lately, it's been one out of every one game, but it has been I, don't know, I can only think of a couple, if I'm being honest. Obviously, the one last week where the ball rolled over his hand. The <laughs> two in the Sevilla game. The Sevilla the game, two yeah. two in the other Sevilla game. <laughs> he only had it in the second leg, I'm pretty sure. And the first one. He had bad mistakes, too. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at that. But Anyways, credit to him. I would say it's more than one of the five games. <laughs> okay. Maybe Hugo Lloris is one in every... Right now, yeah. <laughs> He's every next, other game. <laughs> next up, we had Southampton against Fulham. Southampton, my friends... It's been a great 11 years. You've had some wonderful starting lineups. Maybe we should have done Southampton best 11 in the last 11 years. Who of Virgil yeah. van Dijk, Sadio Mane, I mean, you Hoiberg. With, yeah. yeah, all over the place. Uh, Dusan Tadic. Yeah, all over the Adam place. Adam Lallana. Hmm. So, Carlos Vinicius got the scoring start in the 48th minute. Uh when the ball was cut back for him, finishing an open net. Great fat passage of play for Fulham. And then Alexander Mitrovic, on his return from his 10-game suspension. He's back. <laughs> he's back. He got his name on the score sheet in the 72nd minute after a beautiful cross by Willian for him to head back across the goal. And, man, it was, I think this game was all Fulham. It should have been way more than two. Yeah, I think uh, Southampton kind of... They're done. Yeah. Yeah. They look like it. And then on the 14th, we had Brentford against West Ham. Well, let's go back to Southampton, or do you okay. want to do a separate topic about them yeah. and that whole club situation? <laughs> I think there were just some terrible decisions made by that club, man. Coach-wise and everything. Bringing in Nathan Jones, a very inexperienced coach. I mean, yeah, they, filed... they could have they done a lot better. Who'd they fire at the beginning of the season? Who was their coach? I don't Do remember. you know? No. Keep talking. I'll look it up. Yeah, I... Some of their signings have been questionable. 
their coaching hires and firings have been questionable. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just feel bad for Southampton fans. Because from the get-go this season, they pretty much have looked like they were going down. So it was Ralph. Yeah, Ralph. You know, Passing I, I knew, Noodle? Yes. So he got three wins with them. And went, they fired him pretty early on. This was... I don't want to say the month, but it was around the World Cup before or after. They brought I in Nathan, October, yeah. Somewhere yeah, there. somewhere around then. And he got three wins with them. And then they only got three more wins since they fired him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's terrible. Should just suck with them, I guess, at that point. Yeah, I mean, would have got any better, clearly. Hide and say it's, I guess, 2020, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, poor decisions, poor coaching appointments. I think poor recruitment. They recruited heavily on young players that aren't proven. You know, you need some of that senior experience in a squad and they don't have any of it no none whatsoever so it's kind of hard when you don't have that to stay up in the Premier league i would say it was the opposite of brighton 100 have recruited very well yeah uh and one would say brentford as well speaking of brentford they played west ham you picked a draw I picked Brentford. Brentford at home, man. They're a different animal. They won 2-0 over a West Ham team that won midweek 2-1 over Azed Alkmaar in the European Conference League. It's a mouthful. Yeah, and I think that's why Brentford really ran away with this one. West Ham, man, they had a wholesale changes. I think prepping for that. 100%. That European game. I mean, they're pretty much safe from relegation. They're really only playing for one thing this season. I would go for the uh, European title as well. <laughs> yeah. So. so do you think but, David Moyes is there next season at West Ham? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think I think this season's kind of a blip, especially with the way we've seen them play at points this season. You know what I'd like to see? Huh. Thomas Frank, the coach of Brentford, Go to West Ham, maybe. I don't think that happens, but that's an interesting topic. I think that'd be a good pickup. Fantasy world type of things. (laughs) I think he's more likely to take over Tottenham than he is West Ham. I don't think he would do well at Tottenham. I I don't think anyone would do well at Tottenham. So, at least not next year. But, Brian and Bomo... Scored the first for Brentford with a low curling effort in the 20th minute. Think Fabianski could have done better with that one? Yeah, the ball almost kind of went underneath him. Yeah, and we've seen that from his time both at West Ham and Arsenal. Makes some fantastic saves, but man, is he prone to making some really easy errors. It was a lovely counterattack move by Brentford. But yeah, and they kind of overloaded that one, the one side. West Ham's left side of defense. And yeah, I feel like Fabianzi could have done better. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> and then Yon Visa. 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 
Uh, in for the injured Ivan Tony scored off a long throw that was flicked on in the 43rd minute. And what a throw-in set piece. The long throw-in, man. you want to call that. Man, that was thrown all the way to pretty much the near post. That was your speciality back in the day, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so I have a uh, special affinity for uh, long throws, especially, you know, one Rory DeLapp. Man, Back in the day, for, was it Stoke? Yep, Stoke City. Good old Stoke City. Uh, West Ham thought they had one back, but unfortunately it was taken back by VAR via a handball. Let's that was a funny that. one. Yeah, it was funny. The ball bounces off the post back onto the West Ham player's arm. <laughs> I think it's a little harsh, man. Like, what's he supposed to do? It's one of those unlucky ones where... Yeah, I mean, you can't score a goal after a but... handball. So. He didn't score it. I mean, then it bounced around, and then West Ham scored it. But that's yeah. one of those ball to hand. I mean, he's only what, a foot away from the goal. It bounces yeah, you off the literally post can't and... do anything about that. no, except for maybe unlucky have your hand in a different position. But yeah, Brentford though they should have had more in this one. West Ham again, like you said, resting a bunch of players. They did not look like the West Ham that beat us at Alkmaar in midweek. And Brentford look like the team we expect them to be when they play at home. Yeah, it'll be see. It'll be interesting to see if Thomas Frank stays there. Or I think he should stay there at least one more year. I, I do. Agree. See what he can do. See if he can maybe improve on this season. Even though Brentford have done very well. Yeah, I sitting in ninth place currently. Yeah, I think they've added another story to their ceiling this season. So <laughs> yeah, it's not a one story, man. It's a yeah, two story. Now it's two. If not higher than that, the way they've been playing, some of the teams they've beat. Next up, speaking of teams they beat, Manchester City played Everton. You they picked did a beat draw, Man City, didn't they? Huh? Brentford did. did beat Man City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You picked a draw in this one. And oh I was man, praying, yeah. My I was my hope got the best right, of me. and you know. Almost all the way through the first half, I was like, you know what? You might be right. And then a span of five minutes, it was over. I'm a little disappointed with Everton. I feel like they were a little too defensive. Yeah. You know, they're, they're flying high off a big win off of Brighton. Man City, you know, they didn't rest that many players. You know, you rested Kevin De Bruyne, John Stones, and Jack Grealish is pretty much it. But I thought they could have been a little bit more aggressive. I thought Man so, City. too. I mean, like, if you're going to get beat by City, whether it's one goal, three goals, you might as well go for the game anyways. I mean, yeah, and, you know, they were playing at home. They had the crowd behind them, so I was a little disappointed. Yeah, I was too, especially the way they countered in their last Against Brighton, yeah, Yeah. I know. They were fantastic. You could have done the same thing against City and had at least a closer result. City win this one 3-0. Mason Holgate had a glorious opportunity to put the Toffees ahead only to sky it. Yeah, they had chances, too. It was the, that was the real big, kick in the, yeah. the pants. They could have taken the lead real early in this one. But the inevitable it the, happened. It was the Gundogan show, man, after that. Yeah, 37th minute, a magical goal happened on this day. Ilkay Gundogan with a wonderful touch. And some lovely improvisation to flick the ball off the outside of his foot past Jordan Pickford. What a touch that was after a wonderful ball by Rodri 
to head. Yeah, the touch kind of sets it sets it up in front of him, and then almost a bicycle kick without him actually falling back, just kind of yeah, kicks it backwards. A side footer in the perfect spot too. He didn't look at the goal or anything. Oh no, not at all. He was yeah. just like, well, I know the goal's behind me. But he won the title for City last season. Looks like he's going to do it again. Because uh, the goal scorer turned provider as Gunigan assisted Holland with his very next touch. Crossed the ball first time to Holland, who headed the ball past Pickford not even 90 seconds later. 36 for Holland now. Yeah. In the Prem. In the Prem. And uh, needless to say, it'll probably be more than that. Uh, over under 38. I got how many left? games left? Mm-hmm. Three? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you can get 38. Over under 40? I think he'll be under 40. Under 40? Okay. I think, I think you, yeah. Over 38, but under 40. I think you're probably right there. And then uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Gunigan again. In the 51st minute with a beauty of a free kick. Oh, it was such a beauty, man. Mm. Exquisite. Exquisite finish. Made me rethink my best players over 30 and should have had him on my list. I switched him last minute, man. I had him on. I was like, shoot, I got to put Neymar on mine. And so I switched him. What the hell, man? You know what's crazy is Gunnigan's contract is up at this in June, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. End of June. Bar- I know Barcelona are looking at him. Honestly, he should have a whole host of teams swarming for his signature. I would too. Yeah. I know Barcelona is really going for only free players, but Arsenal has been linked to him. Chelsea has been linked to him. PSG has been linked to him. I would say Gunnigan's like probably the best underrated player in the Prem. I would probably agree with that statement. You know, he's not I'd real flashy. Have to go but- through the list, but. You might be 100% correct with that. I bet he could, on a different team, if he's playing a little bit forward like he did in this game, I bet you he can score you a lot of goals, man. He yeah. Can, he has a fantastic finish about him, that's for sure. I would say, yeah, he could definitely do 15 to 20. No problem. Probably, yeah, somewhere around there. All right. City are now 22 games unbeaten. And like eleven in the Premier League haven't 11. lost. Yeah, yeah. they Is this the... have, they've done it every single year. They've won a title. They go on a run late in the season, whether they're behind or put an extra lead on their, you know, first place so bid. How it's, many points do you think they'll finish with? With three games left, they're on eighty six or an eighty five. Eighty five. I probably should look. It's right here next to me. So they can get nine more points. Put them at 94. I I think they draw at least one game. See, 90. Brighton and Brentford away from home. I I think if anybody could draw City right now, it would be Brighton. But I could also see them getting all nine points, so. So yeah, 94, 92 points somewhere around there. That's yeah. crazy, man. That's that's why you got to give this Arsenal team a little bit more credit, man. To beat this Man City team, you have to get over 90 points. Yeah. I mean, and realistically, been, we'll, we'll see only 95 been done hand, points. It's only been done 
less than 10 times in Premier League history. Imagine if Arsenal didn't have this point total. This would have been a boring title race. Yeah, so I will say thank you, Arsenal, for making this at least interesting. Man, they are so is this, a juggernaut. So does this City team, the amount of points they're probably going to get, deserve to be compared to Alex Ferguson's treble winning team, a Jose Mourinho team? Well, they got to win the, the treble first, right? Well, I'd say even if they just win the Prem, should they be compared or do they have to win the treble to be compared? I think they got to win at least two. I think the Prem and the Champions League, yeah, 100%. Um, I think FA Cup, they've had a decently easy route. I mean. They beat Arsenal. They did, but it wasn't a full-strength Arsenal squad. And it was a full-strength City squad. Not to mention, Arsenal really didn't put up a fight against City at all this season. So. In any game, no. <laughs> In any game. So, I, yeah. I, It's to be seen, I will say. I think if they beat Real Madrid and get into the Champions League final, kind of get over that hump that they've been on the last couple of seasons, definitely they, they could be in the conversation. But I just, with the form they had early in the season, those treble-winning sides were great all season. Not, I think they were still trying to figure out Holland's role yeah. if i'm being once, honest once they did i they've been unstoppable but i mean yeah look at look at the running man how many games did you say unbeaten 22 22 yeah 22 games unbeaten that's ridiculous yeah how did that happen <laughs> like what's because what <laughs> so i don't like know. Who, who who stands against that when a team wins 22 you know even 11 they're on an 11 game win streak in the premier league like who can k- compete with that man the only team that's had something similar to that this season is Arsenal. I mean, Liverpool could come close. Honestly, seven. I don't think I don't think this Man City team changes anytime soon. I think they're going to keep winning these games like that until as long as Pep Guardiola's there. Yeah, uh, I think once once De Bruyne retires, I would say then maybe it changes. But I just think De Bruyne is such a different caliber of player especially creatively. I mean, you got Phil Foden right there. and That's true. He hasn't shown the promise that we all thought he would have, though. Uh, he's been injured a little bit this season, but yeah. But again, I mean, they'll probably just go buy someone. 100%. I mean, then there's the, the looming charges from the Premier League against them. What happens with that? We'll see. Yeah, yeah. But at least for this season... They're untouchable. Speaking of the team that gave them a fight, Arsenal, trying to keep up. Did not Brighton. put up a fight in this game. They <laughs> did not. At all. Oh, man. To make things worse, Gabriel Martinelli came off injured in the 20th minute for Leandro Trossard to play against his former team once again. We both picked Arsenal. They lost 3 now. They did. I mean, Brighton were coming off that 5-0 or 5-1 thumping from Everton. Arsenal off a big win away at a Newcastle. I should have and... known better, though. Brighton, it's every other game. They're really good. <laughs> at least lately. I mean, it, the, the first half wasn't terrible. I mean, Trossard hit the crossbar. Saka had some shots that just went wide. But this was Brighton's game, man. It was. And Arsenal was sloppy 
giveaway and possessions. It, the whole first half, it seemed like. Brighton, great job, you know, making sure they didn't get anything going or finding any sort of rhythm. But, I mean, after halftime, it was all Brighton. All Brighton. Julio and Ciso scored in the 51st minute, getting the lead for Brighton with a headed goal. He's only about two yards out. Yeah, he was. Bad defending or good play by Brighton? Oh, it was terrible defending by Kivior. He kind of went down because his shoe came off or something like that. Foot got stepped on. Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen in the box. Yeah, 100%. Um, he goes down, kind of clutching that, and leaves Julio and Ciso standing right there. Yeah, I know there were questions of whether or not it was a foul, and there wasn't enough evidence to reverse it. And I, I think VAR got that one right. Yeah, it wasn't a foul. I mean, yeah. as a defender, man, you got to be strong. You got to be tough. Your foot gets stepped on. You. Wait till you that ball gets cleared, and then you go down. You don't go down when the ball's coming right yeah. at you. Leave you or not? No, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it was just... yeah, it was dumb. And then uh, Denny's Undev doubled the lead in the 86th minute after Leandro Trossard's pass gets blocked and falls straight to him, and then cleverly chips Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah, a little unlucky again for Arsenal that the ball goes right to Undev, man. <laughs> yeah, that it just seemed like nothing could really fall Arsenal's way. Make matters worse, they didn't play very well either. Oh no. Uh, and then add to the misery, Purvis Estupinian added one more in the 96th minute after Aaron Ramsdale parried the ball straight to him. I think Ramsdale could have done better with that one. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um Credit to Brighton. They were excellent. They played Arsenal off the park at their own at their own field. I, um, which leads me to a probably bigger question. After this game and this performance, is it officially time to uh label it a bottle job by Arsenal? Being so Man City- clear twenty week twenty nine? So, yeah, Man City, they just need one more point to officially win the title. I don't know if I'd call it a bottle job. You know, I know Arsenal, they are eight points clear. But Man City still had a game in hand, so that's really five points clear. Let's be honest, I mean, it's Man we City. If want to go with that, they were 11 points clear at one point. But then how many games in hand did Man City have at that point? Two. Probably two. So, I mean, there's six points. So, I mean, no, a Man City were always there. It just made it, I guess, appear for that lead to be bigger with those games in hand. Yeah. And then, like I said, man, this Man City team is one of the best we've seen. You know, they, they could, you know, if they win this treble, could be one of the best ever teams yeah. to be in the Premier League. You know, I know you had other teams, you know, your Liverpool's, Chelsea's, Tottenham's not do the best this season. So I, I don't think I would call it a bottle job. I think that's being harsh. This is a young team. I mean, Look how much they improved from last season. Yeah, where they did pretty much the same thing. Well, they didn't do this. They did the same thing for fourth, though. And how many yeah. points were they behind City? Yes, I meant I meant same. Like they were in fourth and up by a lot of points, and then had a bad so, run I mean, of form. Last season, Arsenal got sixty nine points. 
Yeah. No, I, I'm not taking anything away from Arsenal this season. I'm just saying. It was granted, a Man City. Scenario. Just they Man, did better. Man City, granted, also got 93 points last season. So, I mean, this Man City team was, was always there. They were never going away. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. It's tough in the Premier League. This is, a you know, competition is high. That's why it's the toughest and considered the best league in the world. You know, I don't know if I don't know if I can call it the best league in the world after Man City winning title after title. You know, I think that's also more credit to Pep Guardiola. Yeah. If I'm being honest. But no, I don't think I would call it a bottle job. I think Man City were always there. It was always going to be difficult for Arsenal. And when it came down to the pressure and the the run in, man, that final stretch, they they collapsed. Yeah, they did. It's been tough. I mean, certain players, they've had a, a loss of form of recent of late for Arsenal as well. Thomas Partey in particular. It's been a shadow of himself. Couple injuries, Saliba, Tamayasu going out. Yeah. 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 Um I just the lack of fight in this game for Arsenal. They just after that second goal that you could just see it was like a oh, they were dagger done. to the heart. Yeah. It was. So is it a bottle job by Arsenal? I don't think I would go that far. They definitely, you know, crumbled under the pressure, I would say. But again, like you said, it's a young squad, tons of potential. I think next season is going to be super exciting. I think they'll give Man City more of a run for their money next season than they did this season. Depth's going to be their issue, man. I mean, you looked at that squad against Brighton. Uh, They didn't have a whole lot to bring on. Yeah, they're going to need three, four, five new signings. Sell some players, too. They got like I think it was like eight players on loan right now, so they're gonna have to get rid of a bunch. But we'll see. Come this summer, I mean they're being linked to some big names, so it could get real exciting. We'll see what happens with Arsenal, but the future is bright. I just this season, it's been the last month and a half have been very disappointing. I will say. Yeah, yeah, it has very much so. And then we go to the final game of the weekend in the English Premier League. On the 15th, we had Leicester City against Liverpool, and Liverpool train just keeps on running. We picked them both to win, or we both picked them to win. And they won 3-0, and it was never really close. Curtis Jones scored twice in three minutes in the 33rd and 36th. Beautiful cross by Mo Salah for a simple finish on the first one, and the second one was a fantastic strike, surrounded by three players. Beautiful, yeah. That one as well. I didn't know Curtis Jones had that in his locker. <laughs> that first cow. touch that uh, kind of made it bounce up, and then, oh yeah, mm-hmm. he got a hold of all that. Ooh. And then to get the third, Trent Alexander Arnold with a beautiful man. Seventy first minute, clever little play by Liverpool. Mo Salah taking a touch and rolling it back to Alexander Arnold, who just blasted it into the top corner. What a finish it was. But I want to talk about the play leading up to it. Johnny Evans was called for a foul on Jordan Henderson in the buildup. He got all ball, even though the ref thought he got Henderson first, even on the replays. Do you think it was a foul? Honestly, I don't remember this play a whole lot. Um... So Jordan Henderson was dribbling from midfield, um, running straight at the box, and he takes a touch a little too far, and Johnny Evans slides in. Their feet essentially meet the ball almost at the exact same time. The follow-through by Evans clips Henderson, who falls over. 
But in the replays, man, it's like a full half a second difference between when Johnny Evans hits the ball and when um, Jordan Henderson. It was probably soft then. Yeah. Um, But needless to say, Trey Alexander-Arnold, great strike, nonetheless. Uh, I will say Mo Salah, um, he might be a contender for my team of the season. Hat trick of assists in this one. He's got 19 goals and nine assists in the Premier League right now. He joins uh, Michael Elise, Roberto Firmino, and Leandro Trossard as the only players to have three assists in a game this season. Fun fact. Yeah, the past couple months, you know, Liverpool as a whole has been playing much better. Yeah, I mean, they've won seven straight now. Coincidence, Mo Salah has also been playing better. Yeah, Mo Salah plays good, Liverpool win. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then uh, the other end, Leicester. I'm sorry. They look bad yeah they did not create a lot relegated i mean tested allison a couple times once in the first once in the second but yeah beautiful saves by him but oh yeah i mean this guy's world class there's no doubt like at the big first half of the season i would say he would have been their player of the season was allison now maybe swinging towards mo salah I think I'd probably still give it to Allison because he's been consistent. Such also. a great sweeper keeper too, man. hundred oh, percent. You can see it all full on display in that game. He was flying out of that box to take away those passes to Jamie Vardy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, those Brazilian goalkeepers, man, they sure do love the ball at their feet. And then the German Brazilian Manuel Neuer as well, but you know, <laughs> All right, let's switch gears and go to La Liga. Targo, take it away. All right, I'm going to go through these pretty quick. We're already up there on our time. But we had Real Sociedad against Girona in La Liga on the 13th of May. I said, Sociedad, you said a draw. High flying Girona, man. You got it, man. It was a draw, 2 2. Mikel Oyazarbal scored a PK in the fifth after Takekubo was fouled in the box. And then David Silva doubled the lead in the 24th, getting on the end of a Takekubo cross. Yeah, father time at it again. Girona started the comeback, though, through Jan Kuto in the 37th after a deflected shot kind of looped over the goalkeeper. You hate those as a opposing oh, or a defender where it just you, loops right over everyone. The, even as a goalie, man, it's Ugh, terrible. All you can do is watch because you already do- dove the wrong way. And then comeback know. complete in the 48th minute. Kristen Suani, who puts it off his thigh from a free kick. It's kind of funny. <laughs> free kick comes in, it kind of just goes right off his thigh in. And yes, Sociedad, they hit the crossbar in the 86. And then Oriel Romeo was sent off for Girona in the 87th. Yeah. I thought, I thought Sociedad should have won that game. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah, this one definitely could have gone Sociedad's, Sociedad's way, and they were just unlucky. Especially with that first goal for uh, lucky for Girona. deflection, yeah, yeah. So on the thirteenth, we also had Real Madrid against Getafe. I said Madrid. You said the same. Real Madrid won this one, one nil. <laughs> yeah, uh, Marco Asensio playing super sub yet again. Yeah, I got the lone goal in the seventieth off a deflected shot. Wholesale changes though for Madrid oh, in this yeah. game. Oh yeah. 
no Vin- Vinny didn't star the uh, Modric, Cruz, Rudiger, Alaba. None of them started. Yeah, but the one player who did start, Eduardo Camavinga, had to come off due to injury. And man, did you see the replays on that one? That was a nasty one, right on the I ankle. Threw up. Oh, the way his ankle bent. Oh man, I hope he's okay for that game, but that could be some tearing of some ankle ligaments right there. Yeah. And then, uh, also we had a referee. Was he, so I know you wrote down in here things you like to see where this referee, yeah. you got a guard of I'll honor. Take, I'll take it. Yeah. Ed, it's things you love to see in football. It's a feel good moment. Osasuna gave referee Antonio Mateo Lajos. You notoriously remember him from the Argentina Netherlands game in the world cup. He's retiring at the end of the season. They gave him a uh, guard of honor. After so I heard this was kind of a forced retirement. Yeah, 100%. Because he's been very Awful. bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but good for them. I mean, I bad guess. or not. I don't not, know why you give a bad you, referee you a guard never, of honor. <laughs> you never see those things happen. You don't, you know, no. 3-1 win. So, Maybe he was a good referee. Yeah. He's been around for forever, apparently. I don't know. I've never heard of him before the World it's Cup. Forever too long. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> on uh, the 14th, we had Elche against Atletico Madrid. I said, Atleti, you copied me, said the same, and we were both wrong. <laughs> Come on. I'm not going to pick against Atleti Hot. when they play Elche. Apparently, I right. should have. Yeah, LJ won 1-0. So LJ are already relegated, last place. And one of the worst teams in Europe. They've got four wins in the league so far, and they got one against Atletico. Yeah, 16 points going into this game. Through Yeah, Fidel Chavez de la Torre with a lone goal in the 41st, man. Poor mistake from the goalkeeper. Ivo Gravicho, who just palmed it straight to the opposition. Terrible. 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 But honestly, LJ could have had more. They had chances in this game. Yeah, I mean, Atleti looked bad. Alvaro Morata had a couple chances and just... He was one-on-one with the goalie misses. Yeah. You know, uh, Griezmann's pink hair. I was going to say, is it a coincidence that uh, Griezmann's pink hair is fading and so are the fortunes of atletico madrid (laughs) (laughs) gotta retie that greasing man just saying don't let it go back yeah and then on the 14th we had espanol against barcelona in a derby match we both said barca and they did it man they won four to two clinching the title winning at their rivals celebrating on their field then getting chased off the field by their ultras (laughs) <laughs> what a sight to see if you haven't seen it make sure you're following us on yeah. instagram because i posted it it was i, I got a good chuckle out of it i know endangerment of players is not a good thing but just to watch them celebrating and all of a sudden you just see them freak out and sprint off the field yeah you can't do yeah that you don't like to see fans ball. doing that but come on bar so what do you think was going to happen there yeah especially dancing around in the center circle no not gonna fly so, yeah, lots of goals in this one. Lewandowski got the score in the 11th. Great run from Balde, man, to go around his defender and cross it to Leva. What a talent he is, yeah. Oh, yeah, it looks great. Lewandowski got his second goal in the 40th with a tap in. And then Balde, Alejandro Balde got one, man, in the 20th. After a cross from Pedri. 
And Balde just wanted that ball and born, man. Then his defender. His poor defending. Just got to it before him, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then an unlikely goal scorer, goal scorer, Jules Kunde. Yeah. Got the fourth for Barca in the 53rd with a kind of a glancing header off of an exquisite ball from Frankie de Jong. Wow. Chef's kiss. Yes, it was. Oh, beauty. Doesn't get much better than that, man. <sighs> I will say... Pedri had a good game, and Barca just played Espanyol off the pitch in that first half. Completely. Mm-hmm. But at least they made it a little respectable. Got a couple goals back. But, yeah. Javi Puado got one in the 73rd. And then Jolesu got one in the 92nd. But it was already over, yeah. It was, yeah. Um, congrats to Barca. I mean, it's their first league title since Messi. And uh, congrats to Sergio Bisquets, who uh, has been a long, faithful servant for Barcelona on many, many, many great Barcelona teams. So I was trying to think, when did he start playing for them? Was it like 2008? I think so. Somewhere around Somewhere there. Somewhere around there? Yeah, that's a solid 15, 15 years. years. <laughs> yeah, it's a long time in football. That's a very Most long players time. players' careers don't even last that long. No. Yeah. So off to the Bundesliga on the 13th, we had Union Berlin against Freiburg. You picked a draw and I picked Union and they won four to two. They got the scoring started through Kevin Barnes in the fifth minute. Geraldo Becker got made it two or got two in two minutes, 36 and 38 for Union. And then Manuel Gulde got one back for Freiburg in 56th. Freiburg got a PK converted by Vincenzo Grifo. And then Union got their fourth in the 80th minute by Isa Leduni. Goals galore in the Bundesliga this weekend, man. Oh, God. This is six. And then we had six more as Bayern Munich beat Schalke 6-0. They said, hey, Dortmund, whatever you can do, I can do better. Winning 6-0, having one of those wins all on their own. Yeah, they they just absolutely dominated this game. Um, Thomas Mueller had one. They had a shot blocked off the line in the 10th minute. Joshua Kimmich got a PK in the 29th. Serge Gnabry got two in the second half. How about that second goal, though, for Gnabry? What was the defender doing, dude? I don't. I don't know if that was Here, a Gnabry, path back. Have the ball. He have just the had ball. a brain just fart. One on one through the goalie. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what that was. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, Matthias, Matthias Tell got another in this 80th minute, and then Nasir Mazraoui finished the goal fest off in the 92nd minute with a one on one. Oh, pass the goalkeeper. Destroyed him. Yep. Destroyed them. Yeah. And then Borussia Dortmund played Borussia Mönchengladbach. And there were seven goals in this one. <laughs> Dortmund getting five more. So that's 11 in two games. Hence Where why I'm wearing my Dortmund jersey. I know. It's better than Arsenal. Probably should have taken mine down. Anyways, we both picked Dortmund. Daniel Malin got the scoring started in the fifth minute after the ball took a deflection off of a shot by Sebastian Allaire. And he had an easy tap in. And then Jude Bellingham converted a penalty in the 18th minute. Sebastian Allaire got two goals in 12 minutes in the 20th and the 32nd. Blaback 
they got a couple goals back. First with a penalty kick converted by Rami Bensibiani in the 75th. And then a clever finish by Lars Stendhal in the 85th minute. And then Gio Reyna coming off the bench, getting Dortmund's fifth in extra time. What a game. How many? Seven goals. Goals galore. And lots so much of action with either side too, around the goal. Yeah. Yeah, this would have been a this was a fun game to watch. It was. It would was. recommend people go back and watch this one. Yeah. Uh, don't try to go watch the highlights on ESPN. They don't even have all the goals because there were so many. And then on the 14th, we had Stuttgart against Bayer Leverkusen. I went with Bayer Leverkusen in this one. You surprisingly went with a draw. I, I did, shocked. yeah. I was shocked. And you got it right. 1-1. <laughs> yeah. Shocked and not surprised at all, to be honest with you. Uh, this is the story of two penalty kicks. Stuttgart got theirs in the 57th minute, scored by Serhu Gurasai. Yeah, that one. Uh, it was a Paneka. Yeah, what a kick it was. And then Ezekiel Palacios scored for Leverkusen in the 70th minute. But Stuttgart missed a golden opportunity to take the lead one minute later in the 71st, missing a point-blank header. Oh, they need those points too, oh. man. They're sitting in the relegation zone in 17th place. Yeah, they they needed those three points bad. It's tight there in the Bundesliga too at the bottom. The bottom, the Champions League places, the title the race. The title. <laughs> yeah. Bundesliga is the league to watch, man. If you're, if you're I think Serie A might have excitement. something to say about that, man. They might, but I don't know, man. With the relegation and everything. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Premier League's looking like that, too. So it's crunch time in this part of the season. Next up, we had RB Leipzig against Werder Bremen. We both picked Leipzig, and guess what? They won, but they left it late. Holy cow, did they leave it late. Yeah. Leonardo Betancourt scored, hit, scored the first for Bremen in the 70th minute. And then Willie Orban equalized in the 87th, heading in Nkuku Cross. And then pretty much the last kick of the game, Leipzig got a winner. The 96th minute from Dominic Sabotsloy, who taps in the ball. And what a run it was from Christopher Nkuku. Oh, dude, he went and won the ball. And just probably went by three, four defenders. Yeah, he was. Cut it in, took a couple touches. Play the ball across Sabotsloy with probably the easiest finish you'll ever have. It was. Again, guys, you got to make sure you're following us on the socials because I posted that one also. Just saying. Missing out. Anyways, off to Italy in this area. Uh, on the 12th, um, we had Lazio against Lecce. We both picked Lazio, and they drew 2-2. Two to two. Lecce probably should have won this game after missing a penalty kick wide in the 23rd minute. And then Shiro Immobile got scoring start in the 34th. Remy Odin leveled the match with just on the stroke of halftime with a nice finish. And then he would get his second. Put Lecce head up in the 51st minute with another lovely finish. Yeah. Luis Turnovers, Alberto. man. Yeah. Luis Alberto. Can't, can't lose the ball in your own half. Mm-mm. They turn into goals. They do, especially at this level. Lazio left it late to snatch a draw through Sergei Milinkovic-Savic. 
getting the leveler with the last kick of the match. Seems it was, a lot too. Of this week. A lot of those this week. So we got that one wrong, and this is the theme. We got a lot wrong. Yeah. Speaking Interesting of results wrong, in City Aha. The... 13th, we had Spezia against AC Milan, and AC Milan continue their downward downward spiral, losing 2-0 after we both picked them to win. They've, uh, in their last seven, they've only won two with four draws. Doesn't bode well for uh, this midweek game. Champions League semifinal, who haven't scored a single goal against their opponents all season. No, not promising at all. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to pronounce this name of the goal scorer for Spezia, uh, but I'll Ooh, try yeah. his last name. Wisnowski uh, scored in the 75th minute. Mike putting... Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. Wazowski. <laughs> Wazowski. Uh, after <laughs> Kelvin <laughs> Amiens header bounced off the post and he was there, put it in the back of the net. Salvatore Esposito sealed the win for Spezia with a stunning free kick. Woo! Oh, another one. Another. World class, man. Woo. That's all I'm going to say. Mwah. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Chef's kiss all around, showing how a free kick should be taken. 100%. Uh, and then after the game, Milan players went and talked to their ultras and stood there talking to them for probably 20 minutes. Because they sucked. They were bad. Yeah, I'm sure there was at least one apology in there. I mean, they're in fifth place now, four points off of Lazio, who are in fourth. Yeah, and it's not looking good for them going forward. Not many games left to be four points behind Lazio. They're only, you know, three points up on Atalanta, who are in seventh. So they keep this form up. They could drop all the way down to seventh place. Get out of Europe completely. Yeah, after winning the league last season. Next up, we had their opponents in the Champions League semifinal. Inter playing Sassuolo. We both pick Inter, and they won 4-2. Sassuolo thought they had opened the scoring inside of 11 minutes with a wonderful ball across to Lorante. Hit it back across for Berardi after some poor defending by Inter. But guess what? Berardi was offsides. (laughs) three minutes later inter thought they had a goal of their own only for it to be called back for offsides uh i just want to know i really enjoy the way Serie A does var with their 3d renditions with their lines instead of trying to do it across like yeah they show like a little animation don't Mm -hmm. they i do like it and, and they like show the glowing. They'll show like a glowing part or whatever mm-hmm. that was offside. It's, it's it's also it's also I think AI does their marginal offsides calls, which it's much faster. It literally only takes like thirty seconds for them to get it, rather than the three and a half minutes it takes the Premier League to do it. <laughs> Rant over. Uh, so Swallow looked the better team in the first half, but once the second half started, or once it came to the end of the first half. Uh, it was a Lukaku show. Man. One man wrecking crew in the 41st minute. He held off the defender and blasted it into the top corner. Essentially without rocket, even having dude. to take a step to the ball. What a really? rocket of a oh. shot. Really shows you how strong he is. Holy cow. 
Ruan Trisoldi with the own goal to make it 2-0 for Inter in the 55th. Lutaro Martinez scored off a heavily, heavily deflected shot in the 58th minute. Matias Enrique gets a header off a lovely cross by Berardi, who had a fantastic game, I might add. Yeah, dude, he's a great player. David Fratesi scored in the 77th minute with a header, and then Lukaku got his second. The 89th minute with another blast past the goalie. Is the old Romelu Lukaku finally back? Or is this just a string of games where he's in hot form? Probably the string of games where he's in (laughs) hot form. I mean, he is in hot form, which is fantastic for him. It's at the perfect time, the end of the season. It's boosting Inter Milan up the table in Serie A. They're in third place. It's boosting them in the Champions League. They're 2-0 up on Milan going into the semifinal, looking like they'll probably make it to the final. Yeah. Whether it helps them, him, I, I'm curious what he, where he ends up. That's for sure. Yeah. If he, I, unfortunately, I don't think it's up to him. So. Oh, I don't think it is either. I don't, and I, you know, obviously there's been the reports of Inter not wanting him, but do they maybe try to keep him with this form, or had they seen enough of the, the bad Lukaku that they don't want to take that chance? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't have an answer, but what do you guys think? Let us know. Make sure to let us know on our Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube channels. On the 14th, we had Monza against Napoli. You picked Napoli. I picked a draw. And Monza beating the champions in the Serie A uh, 2-0. Danny Mota got the first for Monza in the 18th minute with some brilliant build-up play by them. And then they got their second in the 54th minute through Andrea Pitagna. Tongue twister. Uh, against his former club with a lovely finish. Yeah, man. What's up with Napoli? Like, the Napoli at the beginning of the season where they thrash Liverpool. Where's that Napoli at? I don't know. Uh, it's one of those cases where a team wins the title early and then they don't have anything else to play for. Especially since they're out of the Champions League. I mean, they had something to play in the Champions League, but they didn't play well in the Champions yeah. League either. Yeah, and then they win the league. and But even this little almost crawling to that league title here at the end. Yeah. I don't know. I got some questions about them, but we can talk about them on a different episode. Right. Maybe when the season's over. Yeah, maybe. Next up, we had Bologna against AS Roma. We both picked Roma. This one ended in a boring draw. Lots of chances for Roma. Maybe they had an eye on that Europa League semifinal second leg. And I know you wanted to know that my boy, Bolotti, who's not really my boy, you put him in your lineup, man, in your Europa goals. League. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. He's got zero league goals for Roma. And he's missed a, quite a few number of sitters, especially in this game. Uh, but he's got three goals for them in the Europa League. Who say goals in the league? Yeah. And you put him in your, your, got, your Europa League team. He's got three goals in the Europa League, and he's playing well <laughs> in the Europa League. Okay. That's like picking Lukaku for your team of the season. Why would I pick Lukaku for my team of the season? (laughs) I'm not either, but... I got Victor Osaman as a forward to choose from. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Anyways, next up, we had Juventus against Cremonese, and uh, the old lady sings. Yet again, winning 2-0. We both picked them to win. Nicolo Frioli 
scored the first goal for Juve in the 55th minute, and what a golazo it was. I got to say, though, man, that Spezia win over Milan, that was a huge win for Spezia and takes them out of the relegation zone. Yeah. Yeah, it was huge. And yeah, then Juve won. <laughs> Juve won, yeah. Gleason Bremer scored the second for Juve in the 79th. But the big news in this one, besides Pogba the starts. New, the new he jerseys, started this game. <laughs> Pogba started and Pogba injured again. 24th minute had to go off, and he was devastated. He was <laughs> yeah, dude, that poor his guy. eyes out. Poor guy. He can't stay healthy to save his life. I don't know what it is. Such a promising career. Reminds me a lot of Jack Wilshire. So those Juve jerseys, thumbs up or thumbs down? I think they're slick. I love I like the yellow accents. And then the zebra stripe pattern. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Good job, Adidas. They make magnificent jerseys. I'll just say They do. Yeah. Case in point. Uh, Well, that's not even the best one, which is, I don't know why I'm saying that. So it brings us to the end of this week. Targo, I finally beat you, man. You did. did. I picked some bold picks, and they did not pay off. That's okay. We both sucked this week. All right. (laughs) You got 14 right. I got 16 right out of 30, but we collectively got 14 dead wrong. That doesn't happen often. Almost half. So with two weeks left, you're up three to one, man. It's anyone's ballgame. We'll see what happens. Just like uh, Manchester City against Arsenal, I'm going to assume you're going to win. Man City against Real Madrid, you mean? No. No, I meant in the league. Oh. Still statistically, Arsenal have a chance. Yeah. They're not going to do it. Just like I statistically have a chance. It's not going to happen. Anyways, Champions League semifinal, second leg preview. Who's going to Istanbul on the 16th? We got Inter against Milan. Or AC Milan, since they're both from Milan. How many times can I say it? Inter up 2-0 in this one. They are the home team at uh, the San Siro, which is both their home team stadium. Uh, Any predictions besides me conceding that (laughs) Milan are not going to get anything out of this game? They suck right now, and they cannot play well against Inter. Yeah, I'm going Inter Milan, man. I I picked them at the beginning of this tie and sticking by them all right and then we'll go to the big one on the 17th aka tomorrow we have manchester city at the etihad playing real madrid this is tied 1-1 this is gonna be a good one this This is gonna gonna be exciting yeah i'm going man city yeah i knew you were any scoreline predictions honestly at the Etihad, City will be hungry. I could see it maybe a 3-0, 4-1, something like okay, that. Okay, Wayne Rooney. Okay, Wayne Rooney. <laughs> Manchester City are going to blow out Real Madrid. I don't think they'll blow them out. Like I said, not over the two legs, but I think on this one. it That's a blowout. 3-0 is a blowout. I said maybe maybe a 3-1. We'll see. I think, I think this one's going to be close all game, and I think eventually it goes to penalty kicks with Madrid winning the uh, lottery slash flip of a coin of a penalty kick shootout. I got to stick with my guns, but I don't think Real Madrid won this game in regular time. Okay. All right. Let's make this quick. Pep Guardiola, best 11 
since City can win the treble. I mean, the man's got a 72.78 win percentage, a plus 1,456 goal differential in 857 games, 858, and uh, 1,459 goal differential. Got to count those Everton goals. Three. Uh, he's got tons and tons of trophies. I'm just going to go through them all really fast. Nine La Liga, three Copa del Reyes, seven Spanish Supercopa, two Champions Leagues, five Europa, European Super Cups, three Club World Cups, three Bundesliga, two DFB Pokals, four Premier Leagues, soon to be five, FA Cup, soon to be two, uh, four, what are they, Carabao Cup? Is that what they're called yeah. now? I don't League know. Cup. EFL Cups, two Community Shields. A gold medal and a UEFA Cup Winners Cup. As a player, yeah, yeah. These are all of his trophies through his whole career. So these are not just coaches. player coach. Yes, yeah. He's coached Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and Manchester City. So I will go through mine, and then I'll let you all go right. through yours because I know I had a tough time doing this, and I know you warned me you had some inclusions on here that I might have to argue about. You, so I might, yeah. So you I'll go, go ahead. first. My goalkeeper, which hands down I think is probably your pick too, is Manuel Neuer, the Brazilian German himself. Yeah, I mean, who else are you going to pick? Victor Valdez or Ederson? Yeah, and Manuel Neuer in his heyday is one of the best goalies of all time. Yep. And that's when Guardiola coached him. Right back. (sighs) I went with this one as I had a really tough time. I went with Danny Alves because the amount of trophies the man has won and the amount of trophies he won under Pep Guardiola. But I left out one Philip Lom, which hurt my soul so bad. It hurts. So yeah, judging on these players, like we 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 picked a little bit based off the overall history of the players, but then also kind of how they performed under Pep Guardiola. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Yes. Center backs, I went with Vincent Company, who arguably is one of the best defenders in Premier League history. And then uh Carl's Poyol. Poyol, man, yeah. I love him. His hair, his body stature, the way he leads a team on a field. He was a beast, man. He's not very tall either. And he wasn't like very skilled, man, but the guy just worked. He's the hardest working guy on the field, that's for sure. 100%. Left back, I had David Alaba, who came of age and rose to stardom under Pep Guardiola. And he's fantastic at left back. Center back, wherever Center you need back, him. Center back, left back, wherever you want to put him. Midfield, for me, this was a no-brainer. Uh, Javi, Iniesta, and an attacking mid, Kevin De Bruyne. I'm sorry, Sergio Busquets. But these three are much better than you. I'll argue why they're not, yeah. but that's all right. All right, till right we, wing, my uh, <laughs> the obvious choice, Messi. The goat, yeah. Left wing, there's so many options I could have picked, and I had to go with a little personal bias on this one. I went with King Henry. Thierry leaving Arsenal to win a Champions League with Barcelona. It still hurts, still hurts, but I'm happy for him. And then striker, none other than Robert Lewandowski. Good squad, good squad. Yeah. All right, so I'll go through mine. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My goalkeeper, 
Manuel Neuer. <laughs> Duh. During that time, he was by far the best goalkeeper in the world. My right back. I did go with Philip Lahm. Yeah. I know Tanny Elvis. Yeah, he won a crap ton of trophies. I think what the most decorated player ever. I think Messi tied him this season. Okay. If they win Ligon. Well, I went with Philip Lahm. So at that time, when Pep was at Bayern, it was between 2013-2016. Germany won the World Cup. Mm-hmm. You know who the captain of that team was? Philip Lahm. There you go. Does Danny Elvis have a World Cup? I mean, I nope. Don't think so? No. There you go. Philip Lahm. been playing for so long, I forget when he started. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then my center backs. I also went with... Carlos Puyol had to, yeah. but then I yeah. went with Gerard Piquet, man. It's, it was a tough choice, man. Company or Gerard Piquet. I just, even Ruben Diaz, maybe, I don't know, yeah. but yeah, I went with Piquet, him and Puyol, man. They want to work up together as a center back pairing. Dude, they want everything together as a center back pairing. Everything. They each got a Euro. Puyol yeah. got the 2008 Euro. Piquet got the 2012 12 Euro. And that was all during when Pep was at Barcelona, or those two guys played. Yep. Coincidence? I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> My left back, just to be a little bit different, I went with Jordi Alba. I mean, that's fair. He's a great. He was a great player in his heyday. He was a great in his heyday, man. He yeah. was. I mean, that whole I, Barcelona I, defense was outstanding. Like, do you remember how many players did Barcelona buy to try to? overtake albert give him competition and it just now finally Tons. is starting like this Tons. season and they bought hector beller and what a shit show that was <laughs> so but yeah jordi alba he also won the euros in 2012 with that uh rest of that barcelona defense and so this is where my midfield man i went with xavi iniesta and sergio busquets i left out kevin de bruyne I mean, with how great those Barcelona teams were, I, I understand. But Kevin De Bruyne is a generational talent, and I'm sorry. He you is a fantastic wrong, player. You are wrong. How many World Cups does De Bruyne have? Because that midfield on won a Belgium one. team that fell far below that, any that expectations was anybody that had. That was stacked? <laughs> well, that midfield trio, man, they got a World Cup. They got a Euro. And then they even got another Euro without Busquets in <laughs> 2008. So, yeah, that's why I went with that, man. They were that midfield was unstoppable. Yeah. It was. Not to mention they had arguably the greatest attack in the history of football. <laughs> Just saying. Well, to go along with that attack, I have obviously the GOAT, Lionel Messi. You can yeah. put him out on the right, you can put him wherever. He's. He can go wherever he wants. He's you know, messy. Yeah, he wanders. I also went with Robert Lewandowski. Yeah, you, can't, you can't not pick the man. And then I went with, so I went with two up top, two strikers. I went with Samuel Eto. He was he only played under Pep for one season. Mm-hmm. In that one season, he had fifty two appearances and thirty six goals in all competitions. So it's a point six nine goals a game. Mm-hmm. Which, to put in perspective, Lewandowski had 0.67 goals per game. So he had a better game-to-goal ratio than Lewandowski. 
And not to mention, you know, once Pep sold him, he went and won a treble with Inter Milan. And Jose Mourinho. Yeah. So that is my starting lineup. You know, obviously, I got to get one honorable mention in there to uh, David Villa, man. Yeah. It was tough leaving him off. I mean, it there's was. so many. Pep's coached so many good players. I mean, you got Frank Ribery, Aryan Robin. Sergio Aguero was also the yeah. hard one to leave off. Zlatan Ibrahimovic comes to mind, too. <laughs> How about saying, that good old so Javier Mascherano? Yeah. So many good players. So, yeah. I mean, you probably come up with three world, like squads that would probably win a World Cup from Pep Guardia or Champions League with that Pep Guardia has coached. So, Oh, yeah. Victor Valdez. Victor Valdez, yeah. I mean, Ederson, too, but. Yeah, so many players. So many. But yeah, those are our Pep Guardiola combined 11s from his years at Barca, Bayern Munich, and Man City. Let us know what you think. Were we completely crazy? Did we forget someone that should be on there? Let us know on our Facebook, on our Instagram, TikTok. And as always, don't forget to check out the Red Bubble. We got some newer merch out on there. Some uh, Henri merch, so you can check it out. That's all I got for this episode, man. Me too, man. All right. Thank you very much. Cheers.